0: Episode 242 of the Bevan James Our oh Show, how to help others love exercise. Tim. Welcome along to episode 242 of the Bevan James Oz Show podcast, uh, your footnoty podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise. It's been a pretty f- cool few weeks for me because if if you're listening to this, when it gets released, the book came out a few weeks ago and it's been a massive success. Um, it's, quite, it's quite mind-blowing really. Uh, yeah, just, and what's really cool, because what we expected is, we expected, we'd you know, the first couple of days you do initial hits because of PR and database and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and it did. It, went, it actually exceeded what we hoped. Um, and then secondly, then we thought, you know, it'd probably fade away. Because realistically, once you're out of the public eye and once the people you know will kind of buy it, we expect it to have a pretty sharp decline in sales, uh, and then that's when we go into phase two, which was our marketing strategy. Well, we haven't hit phase two yet, and it's probably still another three or four weeks away, but we're still selling lots of copies, um, which is really encouraging, So, because it means, A, it just shows me there's a need. It really shows me that there's a need. Uh, and B, secondly, it shows me um, that there is something we can do with this. Uh, and, and thirdly, I've been getting some really cool feedback on the book um, from people who are on their journey so and and, um, yeah I don't know I'm just it's it's hard not to be excited because I you know it's one of those moments when you know sometimes in life you have a moment where something happens and you think wow what what if and I can sometimes get caught up in the what if too early Like my wife will tell you sometimes you know I'm a bit too ambitious or a bit too excited about what the potential of something can be maybe before it actually happens and it's something I've learned to have for myself is don't get too excited until the thing actually happens but with this it's hard not to have a bit of a what if because it has been such a good success so early Um and then if we can, that, to be honest I don't think there's a real long-term success model for this product unless we can figure out how to market it so that's the real hurdle we've got to get over in the next moment and that's kind of what we're going to head towards but just first signs first signs are pretty cool and yeah i'm just really excited about it so for those who have bought the book thank you so much for getting the book and if you can do me one thing if you have bought the book can you jump on amazon and do a review because reviews are really important i think i've only got one review at this stage so i'm getting good feedback from people but it's quite hard to get people to do a review and so if you've got the book I would love if you could jump on Amazon, do a review. Obviously, I want a positive review, but um, I believe I've done good work, so fingers crossed you actually believe in it. Um, And it just helps me. You know, a few minutes of your time would really, really help me. And if you haven't got the book um, and you think about it, remember when you get the book, you also get those bonuses as well. So you get the book, you get the workouts I created for beginner workouts for that first part of your journey, and you've also got that goal-setting session that I've created. And what I did with this goal-setting session was... The thing about goal setting is it's an effort thing that takes a bit of time. Remember I did that podcast a few while ago about the effort moments and the goal setting effort? So what I thought about in designing this goal setting workshop was basically each day you watch it like literally like a five-minute video of me and I just cover one thing. but And then I throw some really deep questions at you and then you think about those questions for the next 24 hours. So you just kind of sit on those questions and kind of work through them in your head. And then at the end of that 24 hours – Then what you do is you go to the next video, but the first thing you do is you go back to those questions and you make a video answering those questions. So I tried to make it as easy as possible for you to collect information around your thoughts. Then the next day you watch the next video and I throw another question or set of questions at you based around another thing that's important to the framework of you setting your goals. And for basically five days we do that where you basically watch a video, I throw some hard questions at you, some deep insightful questions and then the next day you make a video with your answers and then on day six that's when you're going to do the goal setting session. So that's where you're going to spend a couple hours kind of sitting down working through a video that I've created where I basically walk you through your goal setting process but you will going to be looking at all those uh, those videos that you've created in the days leading up to that. So there's this real good insight that you've got just by answering and, and thinking about big questions for a whole week, then you do a big planning session where you actually put your plan in place. And then on the last day, we do a video which is around about the goal setting, um, or the goal, what do I call it? The, the awareness tool. You know, the awareness of your goals as you work towards achieving them. Now this course, I, I actually put a lot of time just into the goal setting course. And it's something that, because I, I, goal setting is that thing that most people know they should do but they never get around to doing and that's why i wanted to do it in this way a each day just a small chunk b the collection of data is really easy you just make a video on your phone and 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 c, you do have to have one longer session but we also get you to plan that at the beginning of the week um and so by the end of you literally in seven days you will have a really good set of goals in place in your life now the great thing is i could probably charge you know, way more than the price of this book, just to sell that gold course. But I wanted to give it as a bonus with the book. So, if if a if the book's not for you, the gold course is worth it in itself. B if the book is for you, this is just a great bonus on top of it, and you get the workouts. And C if you want to give the book to somebody in your life, you can do that in a way where both of you get the goal setting workshop. So, if you haven't got the book yet and you want to support me with the book. A, go to passionaboutexercise.com, grab the book today, it would really help me, and for those who do want the higher level course, I've created a course which is basically like 60 videos of me, what I wanted to do is I wanted to design a course which is basically like having a weekly meeting with me each step of your way of bringing exercise into your life and so this course is basically each week there's like a 15 to 30 minute video and and all i'm focusing on is what do you need to do in this next seven days is will lay the foundation of your journey of fitness into your life and the book is a much more expensive product it's 370 i think no 97 um you know like it's, it's a much bigger commitment financially but it's the value I deliver is over the top um because I want you know it's for that person who wants that higher level experience so if you go to the same website passionaboutexercise.com click on the course button and you can go from there but I do want to say a massive thank you for those people who have supported the book to this point in time um you know that momentum that feeling of success that I'm feeling and and is is because of what you've done with this so thank you so much and, and it really means a lot um, just one thing if you've got the kindle version you don't get the bonuses so if you've got the kindle version and you want to flick me an email just you know show proof of purchase maybe just flick you a, a screenshot of your purchase um, then we'll, we we can get that to you so even though because we don't know when people have bought it through amazon so we don't have the ability to go well, this person's bought it through amazon so we can now give it to you um, but we definitely if you've bought the book we want you to have access to that course as well, that goal setting course and the workouts. So you can just flick me an email and we'll get that through to you. Uh, Today's show, today's show is the Bevan show and I've got three concepts I want to talk about. Actually, interestingly, I did um, i I, I, I've designed a talk. I had a funny thing happen to me this week. So at the gym, I wanted to do kind of like a book launch and I kind of made a bit of a mistake because when I first said, I said, I'm going to do a, a public talk around the book. Now, the problem for my book is my book's designed for people who aren't exercising or the yo-yo person, that person who struggles with exercise. So when I first started talking about promoting the, the talk to the people at the gym, I was saying, I've got doing this talk in a couple of weeks from now. It's not really for you because you guys are really good at exercise, so bring a friend. And then I realized that was a pretty stupid marketing way of approaching this because ultimately, you know, like you want to make it valuable for people who are regular exercises if you're going to put a talk on, because why would they come otherwise? So then I did a bit of an about face, and I thought to myself, I need to do a talk that kind of is how do you get the most out of your exercise? And so that way it could cater to those people who are struggling, but also cater to those who have a good routine around some things that they could think about. And so I did the talk, uh, and I put together this talk, And I I came up with a really cool concept and I'm going to touch on it right now, but then I think I may end up doing a podcast on it in a few weeks from now because, you know, on this show I've talked about the four different types of exercises, the non-exerciser, which is the person doing nothing and has closed the door, the yo-yo person, that's the person who comes and goes from exercise, the habit person, good routine, really good place of exercise, sometimes maybe isn't getting the greatest results. And then the thriver. And the thriver is that person who's getting the best out of exercise. Well, in the talk, I kind of introduced that concept. And then I talked about effort moments. And then in the last part, I talked about this concept of the skills you need to develop. And I talked about this concept of, based on where you are within the four different types of exercises, what are the decisions you need to make? And where should you be focusing on in your skill development? And a good example, so a couple of weeks ago, last two Fridays ago, I was meant to go for a run, torrential, like hail, rain, you know, absolutely torrential. Now, I got the run done, I'm the guy who's going to get the run done. Now I'm not saying this because I'm a great person, I'm saying this because I've got great skills in challenging fitness and moments. I've got great skills in challenging fitness moments, so when I woke up that morning, and I looked outside and it was torrential rain, I knew the thinking strategies and tools I had to put in place to make sure I was successful in that run. Now, when we think of the beginner exerciser. They've got no skills in this area. They haven't got the skills of having exercise in their life. If we think of the yo-yo exerciser, probably haven't got great skills in this. The habit person probably has got good skills. Do they always apply it in that situation in a more challenging place? Maybe, maybe not. And the thriver's probably got the similar skills. So when we thought about that, I thought of what are the decisions a person who's a non-exerciser, a person who's a yo-yo person, a person a habit, and a person a thriver needs to make. And what skill development they need to put in place and I'll give you a quick example so the yo-yo person is the person who sometimes has an exercise habit and often doesn't have an exercise habit and the problem with the yo-yo person is they tend to be really attracted to the quick fix solution so I don't know if you guys have heard of F45. F45's got a really interesting business model uh, I'm nothing against F45 it's not I've never done it but a lot of people I know really enjoy it and get a lot from it. But their business model is sell the short-term fix. So they, they sell the short-term challenge. That's what they do. They sell the eight-week challenge. Oh, I don't know how it is. Um, where you come in, they give you an extreme diet and, and, and exercise workouts at a pretty high level. Now, when people tend to do the F45 challenge the first time, they tend to do really well. But then you find the people who do it, Don't do well, still well next time. And a lot of people fall away and kind of just end up back to where they were, where they started. And now don't get me wrong, I guarantee there's some people who have done the F45 challenge and it's life changing. So I don't want to crap on F45 too much. But the problem for the market is the market, the market rewards the quick fix answer. So the reason F45 sell the quick fix answer is because that's what people want to buy. Now, that's often the problem for the yo-yo person. The yo-yo person is always looking for the quick fix answer. So they have these moments where they get a quick fix, and they may do really well in it, but after the fact, they fall off the wagon. And so ultimately, they have a disappointing fitness experience because it's frustrating because I never actually have the long-term change that I want to achieve. And for this reason, it can be a frustrating experience. And so... When we think of the decisions and the skills the yo-yo person needs to make is the first decision they need to make is stop looking for quick fix and look for a more foundation building exercise journey. So we were, to, and I, I, I kind of talked about the the foundation of a lifetime or, or a fitness lifestyle. Because when we look at people who love exercise, they have a fitness lifestyle. Fitness is just a part of the way they live their life. And so instead of going, I need to lose 10kg in the next six weeks, a quick fix answer, a better decision to make, so the decision the yo-yo person needs to make is, I'm actually trying to build a long-term fitness lifestyle. Now you can see when you think about those two different decisions, how there's different pathways in front of them. And a couple of other decisions I I suggested to the yo-yo person is, look for a growth pathway again not the quick fix now when i look at my beginner my running group we've actually created a growth pathway for people to walk down so first of all non exercises come and run 5ks with us Then they come back to the 5k program, we get them up to 8k and add a little bit of intensity. Then they do our 10k program, we add a bit more guided intensity where we drive a little bit more. They tend to do that program twice and by the end of that we're actually pushing them hard, they've got a good endurance base, good movement patterns and are more mentally stronger with the exercise and their routine. Then we take them to the half marathon journey and that's where they're more of an athlete in their exercise journey. Now if you look at that growth pathway I just described to you, that's Pretty much a year to an 18-month journey. Now, when I look at the people who we've worked with, the ones who go from doing nothing to having a lifetime love of exercise have gone through that journey. We've, we've guided them on a growth pathway, which has given them the right lessons, taught them the right foundational things as they move forward on their journey. And when we get to that point where a year to 18 months down the path, that foundation is there. They're going to have exercise in their life for a long time, unless something really takes them off the wagon. But we find that if we can get someone from nothing to a half marathon, even if they don't stay with us, they'll keep exercising their life. So a decision for that person who's that quick fix or the yo-yo quick fix person is to go, don't look for the quick fix. Look for a growth pathway which gives me a lifestyle. Now, other things, decisions is like finding a community, finding your leaders, all this kind of stuff then when we look at the skill sets, well, one of the skill sets this person needs to do is a skill set of being consistent no matter what the conditions is. And if you think of that, what are the skills that I need to be consistent no matter what the conditions are, then you're looking at how you're going to develop yourself with that. So on the wet, torrential day that I faced a couple Fridays ago, What strategies do you need to put in place? What skill development do you need to work on in that time? And this was this kind of premise of the last part of my talk was, who are you of the four types of exercises? What decisions do you need to make based on who you are? And then what skill development should you be looking to implement as you work through this? Skill development might even be the things you're doing with your movement, So I need to develop my running technique as I bring running into my life. But it's also all those soft skill development things as well. So your mental skills, your planning skills, you know, your adversity skills, you know, people who are higher level people who have higher level skills in these types of areas.
1: And it was just, it was just, I got on, and
0: the reason it worked really well was because in the room I had four different types of exercises. So I had people who were non exercises right through to some people, like my group fitness manager came up to me and she said, I realise I'm a real habit person and, and I'm really happy being a habit person but you, you showed me what I need to do to be a thriver. And so it was just really interesting, this concept. And so maybe just as you're thinking about this yourself, what are the, based on where you are in fitness, fitness, but you could probably do this in any area of your life. Where am I? What decisions I need to make? And where should I put my attention on my skill development? Is a good question to think about. Anyway, um, Let's. Oh, Before I get into the main just the show, I want to say a massive thank you to my patrons. Uh, these are the people who give some of their hard-earned money each time I put a show out. And it really means a lot because uh, your financial support actually is probably one of the reasons the show is still going. Um, so that really means a lot. So if you are a patron, first of all, thank you for being a patron. If you're not a patron and you'd love to be a patron, uh, go to my website, bevanjamesos.com click on podcast, click on support me, go through the process, each time I bring out a show, you donate some of your hard-earned money my way, and these are some of the people, and you also get a cool nickname, and these are some of the people who are patrons, Deanne Goodbed, she's the friendly one, she actually did a hard run this morning, She's she, Deanne's always got a smile, and always got a chuckle, I like that about Deanne, we've got Steph, the Transformer brute Brunt, I'm going to say, i have got um Brunt, it's G-E-T-H. How would you say that? It's probably an Irish name. Hopkin. Geth Hopkin. Uh, turn up to one. We've got Carissa Crowe. Now, I know Carissa Crowe. I don't, I, I don't, she used to come to the gym years ago. And I don't see her much nowadays, but I see her on her Instagram. She's really into a big kind of weight journey. Like, must be like a, like a CrossFit type of thing right now. She looks like she's on fire. So you go, Carissa. Uh, she's the dancing machine. And then we've got Sam the Storm Kendallin. These are patrons of the show. If you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com. You go podcast, support me, and you can support me with the show. Another way you can support me is by getting my book, I Will Make You Passionate About Exercise. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of the show. So the main just is 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 basically just three tools today. It, it's not necessarily a, a big theme that we're going to go over. I just want to give you kind of three tools that uh, I think can help. Now the first one is: what is your range? What is your range for allowing yourself to be successful and not and giving up? And the reason I'm talking about this is it's winter in Christchurch right now, so I don't know where you are in the world right now, but hopefully you're somewhere hot. Hopefully, hope you listen to this? on the beach somewhere, having a holiday, having a pina colada, but it's not like that in Christchurch right now, and, and you know, last couple of winters we've actually had pretty easy winters, but this winter we're, we're having a winter. When it's not wet, it's cold. The mountains, I'm looking at the snow, I'm from my office I can, I've got a beautiful view and I can see the mountains. The snow's right down to the ground, and that means the air's freezing. It's, it's pretty tough conditions. Also, we've had a very, very wet winter up to this point in time, so it's a you know, it's a decent winter that we're facing here in Christchurch right now. And I work at a gym. Now, the thing I find around exercise, around winter exercise, is I find it really fascinating that people don't come to the gym because of weather. Because, look, okay, I've got a running business. Now, running business outdoors, it, it's more challenging. And I've got to be honest, a couple of weeks ago, we had a session, which it was horrific, and not many runners turned up. And... I didn't really give them a hard time, but I just kind of, in the next session, particularly for our beginners, because beginners, they need to be consistent in this first period, and then the next session, I kind of just, I didn't, I didn't lecture them, I just kind of said, part of your journey is to learn how to turn up on moments like that, and then I just gave some strategies, and and then awesomely, this week, we had two really wet weather conditions, and the attendance was amazing, so it was really cool to see that they were able to go back to that skill development of how do I be consistent in tough conditions. But I kind of get it, it's harder when the weather's crap and you're meant to be exercising outside. Like if it is hailing, and it is raining, fair enough, I get it, It, it's tough. and Ideally you want to learn how to deal with that, so you can be consistent so you can get the results you want. But when you're meant to be going to a gym, why is it so hard? That this is the thing I find really fascinating, and you know, in the last couple of weeks at the gym, like I would do a pump class on a Thursday morning, and it always gets really good numbers. It's, it's um, consistently high. It's been getting big numbers for years, and the last couple of weeks it's been quiet. And sure, the mornings where it was quite, one morning it was quite wet, one was quite cold. But you're indoors. Like the the hardest bit is walking from the car park of the gym to the gym, which is literally you know 100 meters. Once you're in the gym, our, our gym is amazing. It's a beautiful gym, high level, you know, great facilities, everything about it's great. So why aren't people turning up? And it's really made me think of this kind of idea of what is the range that you have to be successful in? So if I, if I look at this in regards to the gym members who haven't turned up, so is it that they'll turn up? ...if the weather's within a certain range... ...and if the, if it is, what is that range? So it might be that... ...and you, you know, I guarantee they're not thinking to themselves... ...I'm not going to turn up if it's between 8 degrees and 28 degrees... ...but in some ways it's kind of subconsciously what these people do... ...is there's this kind of range that I'm comfortable in... ...that I'm willing to sit in to do the behaviours... ...that will help me be successful... ...but then once that range kind of broadens... ...or goes, once I go outside of that range... I'm either vulnerable to success or I'm unsuccessful. And it's just been really interesting watching over this last moment of time because the thing is, if we go back to what creates success, what creates success is doing a certain type of behaviours for consistently for a certain period of time will get me the outcomes I want. And, you know, you know, like if we look at the gym environment, we all know that most people struggle through the winter months. So then when they get to summer, when they want the results of the work that would have happened through winter months, they don't have them. And when your range is really small, you're always going to struggle with motivation or, or struggle with success. And so one thing to identify is what is your range? And we can look at this in health and fitness. We can look around diet. We can look at around um, you know movement. We can look around intensity. We can look at it in different ways around health and fitness you can also broaden to other areas you know like when it comes to being productive at work what's your range you know (laughs) you know it's stuff like that it says where's the range that you currently sit in now ultimately if we can identify what your range is we want to stretch that range out don't we and if we go back to what i was talking about earlier in today's show is what are the skills and tools i need to do that so you could say okay well my range is you know Let's just use that weather analogy. I'm really good if it's between 8 degrees and 25 degrees. If it gets hotter than that, I really struggle. If it's colder than that, I really struggle. Okay. I know most people probably wouldn't identify it that way, but it is interesting to think of it, isn't it? Okay. Well, how can I become someone who turns up when it's 0 degrees, 30, 35? And then what are the tools and strategies I'm going to do to do that? Now, I'm not necessarily going to spend time on tools and strategies today, but... It's a really interesting way of thinking of things because if you're have a broader range of where you're willing to be open to do the work, then you are going to do the behaviours, you are going to do them consistently, and you are going to get better success. And that's what we want you to be thinking about. So my first quick point, and today's a bit like this, it's just going to be a few quick points. My first quick point is, do you have a range that ultimately stops you from being successful? What is your range? And then thirdly, how can you stretch it out like and it might not be that you want to try you know be negative 20 through to you know 45 at this stage it's just what's a stretch and then if i were to stretch it out and be successful what tools and strategies will i put in place now when it comes to tools and strategies some of them will be ones you know some of them will be ones you need to learn and if you don't know them talk to people who are successful in those times so think of me when I did that run a couple weeks ago where it was hailing on the Friday morning what were my tools and strategies well first tool was find a great perspective my perspective was I'm going on an adventure like that was my I was like, oh my god this is gonna suck it was like, man I'm gonna go on an adventure and it was I remember I came over the top of the hill hail was in my face I literally just got blown off my feet there's lamb all around me for some reason there's lamb on a trail I run on it was and I loved it Like that was it, that was that strategy was perspective. I use great music, music makes a great motivator for me. So, what were my tools and strategies? How would I feel afterwards? That was a tool and strategy. So, these types of things is what you want to do to broaden that stretch. The second thing I want to talk about, and actually, this happened this morning a lovely lady in my running group called Helen Evans. Now, Helen Evans is the model of my book. Helen. Harold Helen is she would in her in her fifties. Um and she started running with us, I think eight years ago. And and she would never exercised in her whole life. You know, it was a big thing for her to join our beginner running group, did our 5k group, did our 10k group, did our half marathon, ran a marathon. Like, ran a marathon. And 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 eight years later is it's still a regular hardcore exerciser you know, she is the book, and and she, I, I'm so proud of Helen, she's, she's a lovely, beautiful person, and she, sometimes in our private group, for my running group, I'll just go and jump on there, and sh- throw strategies out there, and, and especially if people tell me strategies, I'll share it with the group, and she said, Bevan, has, we're ready, she said, they did this really hard two-hour run today, where they run up one of the steepest roads in Christchurch, down the hill, and had to run for another hour on the flat, and she's running down the hill, she goes to me, Bevan, I've got a strategy for you, and I said, oh, what is it, Helen, she goes, well, When I do my checklist, and and what is a checklist? You know, like one of the best things you can do if you're trying to achieve growth is a checklist, A, a, a momentum checklist. A momentum checklist is a, you know, like if you're doing a half marathon, ticking off the boxes that you've done the work. And why is that? Well, if you've done four weeks of training and you haven't missed a session and you're lacking motivation one day, you don't want to miss that tip, do you? So, you, you know, that, it's, that momentum and that representation of that momentum is a good motivation tool. And that's what Helen does. And And that's not a new tool. Lots of people do that. But Helen said to me, she goes to me, Bevan, what I do with my tick box is I find the brightest pen that I can go. Like, like think of a vivid, like a bright pink vivid. I get a vivid, and I, and I get these boxes, and I color in the whole box of that vivid every time I, I do a session. And she said it's such a motivator for me because I don't want to see any white spots. I don't want any blank boxes in my tick box. And she was saying how last Thursday, Thursday just been, it was one of those horrific days, and she said I couldn't be bothered going with going to the running session, but I didn't want to have the white box. And I love this, because what Helen's done here, and I talked before, but maybe you don't know the tools and strategies. Well, the tick box strategy is a strategy that all of us know. And it's a, you know, like in my book, I talk about using a tick box, you know. It's one of the strategies. It's, a, it's, it's 101 of strategy. But Helen's taken ownership of it, and she's evolved it. And I get it. Like, if you've got on your fridge this big, bright thing that every time you add to it, you know what, even right now, what you could do is you could have a picture. <laughs> you could create a picture of success, and you, you know, you might have. I, I succeeded, and you break down how many sessions you do, and you put the boxes into it. And every time you colour it in, so at the end of it, you have a picture that you've coloured in based on the evidence. Now I'm evolving Helen's thing here, but what Helen did is she evolved that process, and it's part of your job of tools and strategies. Your tools and your your job is not just to find tools and strategies that work; it's also to evolve it. And as soon as Helen said that, totally made sense to me. Like, it totally made sense to me. It was like, do you know what? That makes sense. Like, that is, that's, I, I totally get it. I would not want to miss colouring in that box. And it to me, that's really cool. And that's what we want to be thinking about is, A... Helen had a really cool strategy that you can use in the areas you're trying to grow what's my behaviour I need to do to be consistent how can I check it off every time how can I make sure that I add the vivid aspect to it you could even do that, make a picture like I just came up with there but B explore how I improve my techniques because that's what Helen did really well she, she thought you know what, how can I make this even better and that brightness is a great technique so, my second thought in today's show is sharing Helen's technique. And my third message, which is really interesting, and it's a bit about the book, but it's it's really interesting. So, last couple of Thursdays ago, I was at the gym, and there's a couple members who come to my classes all the time. And uh, Bill and Casheen. now Bill and Casheen are some of the loveliest people you would ever meet. They, they He's a dentist, and she works on the business with him, and... Uh, you know, and I've had friends who had work from them, and you can just tell they care. You know, in life, when you've got good people who read, like, I always think choose your people who support or your service people really well. You know, choose the people you pay to help you really well. And if if you want good dentistry in Christchurch, I couldn't recommend these guys enough. Not that I've actually used them, but I just know that they'll be amazing. Now, Keshin came up to me after class, and and a couple of things about bone Keshin. They are. The example of what you want for health and fitness They're probably in their mid to late 50s Fit looking um, Hard training Consistent exercises Who have done it for a long time And you can see that health and fitness Is really important in their life And they are total role models Like, you know, I always think It's always awesome when you can see people further up the road That are role models for you And, And even though they're not that much older than me Mate, I look at them And I think I want to be like that you know, I want to be the guy who's, you know, even into my late 50s, still smashing it. And Keshen came up to me after class, and she said, Bevan, I love what you're doing with your book. Like, I absolutely love it. You know, this, because you, know, you can tell she cares about helping other people love health and fitness. She says, you know, there's such a need, and, and people who aren't exercising don't know a pathway, and, you know, I just absolutely love it. And she says, but there is one problem. And I said, oh, what's that? She goes, well, I, I, I feel... I feel funny recommending it to people who I know will get value from it. And, and and as soon as she said, I totally got it. Like, here is this very fit, very healthy, you know, healthy-looking, healthy, healthy role model of health and fitness to everyone in her world. A lot of people in her world... Probably don't think they can be like her and if we go back to that kind of skills her and Bill have got amazing skills around health and fitness they are very successful around health and fitness and they know how to do it consistently for a very long period of time they, they are high level exercises so when they go to somebody in their world who who maybe could do with some some change around health and fitness and even with a guide like my book is a guide that takes these people from where they are to doing nothing from nothing to do, you know bring exercise into life in a safe wise and realistic way they are worried. Kesheen says, basically, I'm worried they think I'm judged them, and I get it. You know, like I get it. You know, if if she were to go up to someone who was maybe a little bit overweight, struggled with exercise, and say, hey, this, here's this book that I think you might like, they may think, well, well, do you think I suck, or are you judging me, or you know, like that type of thing. Now, for this reason, Casheen up to this point in time hasn't recommended the book, and again. I kind of get it, but there's a massive problem, isn't there? Because the problem is, if we can't open up to discussion that will help people, we can't help people. And so with this in mind, I, I thought, you know, this I really got thinking about this, because obviously, I'm going to be honest, most of the people listening to this podcast probably already have an exercise routine. I know I do get people who don't, and I love that I do, but, you know, a lot of people probably already have exercise and if you don't obviously you get my book already but I wanted to give you a bit of a framework around how you can open up people to obviously my book but even just bringing exercise into their lives so here's, here's kind of a five or six set framework first of all understand that it's kind of your responsibility you know what I mean like I think part of our job is being healthy and fit people is To try to help more people be healthy and fit and i'm going to be honest it's actually easier for somebody who's gone through a transformational journey like in the book the last journey of the book is help somebody else love exercise so i've got these 10 journeys i need to go on the 10 lessons and the last lesson is because by that point in time this person's gone through a massive journey where they've got exercise in their life and the last part of the journey is help somebody else love exercise now actually if you've gone from nothing to bring exercise in your life it's really easy for you to help people because people have seen your transformation. And they will probably, probably find people ask you for your help. Whereas someone like Keshean, who's hardcore, you know, role model around health and fitness, people think you don't understand what it's like to be me. So in many ways, if you are the transformational person, like your job is to mate, feed the crap out of that to the world. Let people know that what you did because you can help more people probably easier than what someone like myself or Keshean can do. But if you are that fit person, the first thing to say is, I'm going to take a bit of responsibility around this. The second thing is, you've always got to come from a place of caring and helping. And I think the most important thing is you can't be a know-all. You can't be a know-all. And I actually think your your only objective is to start a conversation and point them in the right direction, and then probably support them. That's your job, is to start the conversation, point them in the right direction, and support them. Like, I don't think you want to provide solutions, because if cashing goes up to someone and says, hey mate, let's have a talk about health and fitness, and then she starts saying, here's what you need to do, they think, well, you don't understand me. So I actually think your main, your main objectives are start a conversation, open them up to change and put them in the right direction, and then support them in helping them move towards that direction. So with that in mind, the next thing is how to start the conversation. And it can just be I was thinking about this around cash and I think it can just be as simple as I'd love just to have a chat about your health and fitness or you know me here's, here's a good conversation it. you know me I'm obsessed with fitness and uh, I love fitness and I'm, and I'm really curious around just where health and fitness sits in your life you know how do you find health and fitness and see what I've done that is, is I've not put in a judging in a judging way and what you're trying to do is use a good question to open up a conversation, you know, and and they may say, oh, you know, I just don't have time for it, or I've always struggled with it, or when I was younger I was good and I just fell away from it, I don't know how to get back into it, you know, they might start to talk to you about that stuff. Now, if you can find the right leading question, and again, I I like the idea of I'm just obsessed or I really enjoy exercise, but I understand most people struggle with it, you know, just where are you with your health and fitness, or you probably wouldn't even say, I understand most people struggle, just where are you with your health and fitness, or something like that once if they do open up shut up and be the great listener your job is to show understanding oh so you find you find that you're just so busy you don't have time for it you find uh that you know you actually it's just a really unenjoyable experience oh so you just don't like the gym you know so you're just trying to understand what it's like to be that person then ultimately what you want to do is is open them up to the idea of doing some work on it so You know, it could just be, okay, so, you know, you don't have time for it and you're really struggling with it in your life and, you know, you hope that one day you'll get back to it. Do you think, you know, do you think, you know, if you could bring some basic exercise into your life, they'd be good for you? Yeah. You know, and and so you try to open them up to shift to maybe creating some change. And then from there you could just say, hey, there's, you know, like, obviously, okay, I'm, I'm promoting my book here, don't get me wrong, but... You could say, hey, the guy I know who's helped lots of people love exercise, he's brought this book out, which I think you might get value from. Or if you, you know, or point them towards someone in your local community. There's this person I know who's worked with lots of people like you, or lots of people who struggle with exercise, and has been really successful. You know, and you're trying to point them towards a pathway where they can be successful. Now, obviously, my book or great leaders or great products in your community that have been proven to help people like that. I think it's a really important thing. Try to put them towards it. And then ultimately, like, how can I support you? Like, do you want me to get the book for you? Or, or um, do you want me to come along to your first session with you? And then basically just become their cheerleader. Now, this may not always work. And, and if you don't want to do this, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I hope you do. I hope you're willing to have that conversation. Because if we can open up, you know, because let's be honest, how many times in your life has a real raw honest conversation from someone who was caring who was trying to help in the right way helped you change your life like quite a lot eh? well I don't know if it's quite a lot but I know for me there's been some really good conversations which have literally changed my life and and maybe stuff I knew I needed to work on but I was just brushing it aside and then it's kind of like if I don't look there I don't see it and then someone would talk to me about something and I was like you know what I need to do some work in this area. And that's where it goes back to just understand it's kind of part of your role if you're someone who loves health and fitness. B, reminding yourself you're more about caring and supporting. Your job is to have the conversation, point them in the right direction and support them. C, find the leading questions which are non-pointing non the finger, if you know what I mean. So more just curious questions around why they are where they are right now. Show good understanding, don't show advice and then offer direction that they can go in and then support them in that direction you know for those who are exercisers you know how much value having exercise in your life is and when you bring exercise into other people's lives it's transformational and imagine if you just had a conversation with someone and and you did that you know, like imagine, and that's the, that's the power of conversation. Like I, I've probably talked that show, but, on the show before, but I remember one time I was at the gym and I got a call, come down to reception, there's a guy here who, you, you know, you need, to, you need to see because he said you changed life a few years ago. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty impressive. So I kind of went downstairs and went to reception, saw the guy, I can't even remember him. I'm going to be honest, I could not even remember the guy. And he goes, Bevan, you came up. To, you know, you. I came to your class a couple of years ago. Um, we had a conversation, and I went home and I realised I needed to change my life. This is. I literally, I had a conversation to a guy. I can't remember what I said to him, but I obviously just opened him up to something in himself. And and that's, that's there's a guy. There's a guy called Ollie. Ollie, is this lovely guy I knew. I uh, know he's 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 an Ironman athlete. And we did a training camp years ago. And on the training camp, he was—he had a sausage business. He made sausages. And we had this conversation on a training camp. I don't know what the conversation was about. He went back from that training camp. He quit. He decided he wanted to be a physiotherapist. He ended up becoming a physiotherapist for like Arsenal. And I, I saw him, and I, didn't know, I knew nothing of this. And about 10 years later, we did another training camp. And he actually came along and supported me. He said, Bevan, you and I had this conversation. And it made me realize I wanted a different life. I, I just had a conversation with the guy. That's the power of conversation. A powerful conversation can change your life. And you have that ability as long as you're willing to have the conversation and as long as you're willing to kind of think of that framework I had. But imagine if five years from now someone came up to you, you get a call at work saying, mate, someone wants to talk to you and they come up to you and they say, you changed my life just because you had a conversation with me. Like, how would that feel? So... Again, obviously, I want you to point people towards my book, but more importantly, challenge yourself to have the conversations, because if you can do it in the right way, your impact on the world would be absolutely massive, and the reward, I went for a walk with a friend of mine yesterday, actually Brad Moore, a guy who, the the guy I interviewed a while ago, and, and Brad and I are like peas in a pod, love the deep conversation, love the deep stuff. And um and we, we, it was like deep from step number one, we're going deep. And we're, we're kind of because we're kind of mid-40s and we're, and we're just talking about what have, what have you learned? And Brad was kind of saying, because Brad was a high-level lawyer, he's been a, he's an all-black coach, you know, like he's a high-level guy. And, um, and he was kind of just saying, I've learned I, I don't always have to be right. You know, like age just taught me when I was a young man, I always felt I had to be right, and age just taught me I don't always have to be right. And 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 he said, "What about you?" And I thought, as much as when I was younger it was always about me achieving, I've learnt the greatest reward is helping others grow. The greatest. Now, don't get me wrong, I love growing myself, but man, when you help others grow, and the impact, like, is huge, and and you can do that just with the conversation and hopefully i've given a guide way through my book to to help these people but it takes a bit of both of us so challenge yourself especially if you are the fit person if you're the transformational person your job is to spread your word tell your story because you'll motivate and inspire people and if you're not exercising well get my book (laughs) anyway uh so yeah so those are my three points first of all point number one was what was my first point i can't remember oh the range what's your range second one is Helen's tip of evolving your your motivational tools, and my third one is inspire by being willing to have the hard conversation. If you're going to keep doing that stuff, I guarantee you'll be a higher version of yourself. Right, I think that's this week's show pretty much done and dusted one thing that's been really cool actually so just just to kind of share with you guys um it's amazing the importance of doing good work and i'm not saying i did well okay here's why i did luckily i had an amazing pr agent for my book and i did an interview um on a program called the project here in new zealand and i got really good feedback about it which was really cool and um it seemed to hit a note and i actually think it's one of the reasons the book's been selling so well because it really connects with people um but then I got a, a call from TVNZ and said, "Can you be a regular contributor to our kind of the New Zealand morning breakfast show?" And uh, and I did the first one, and, and I said we really enjoyed it. We want you to be a regular contributor, and you know the importance of good work opens opportunity, eh? And like when I look at you know the opportunity I have now to to kind of every couple of weeks get in front of the nation and and share some growth. Um, hopefully that can lead to more opportunity to get people moving. And it was just you know it was just one of those moments where do you do do your work because it leads to better work, um yeah. I just wanted to share that with you guys. Anyway, that's for this week's show pretty much done and dusted. If you do want to become a supporter, you go to become a patron. Three things. First of all, can you get my book if you haven't got it? That'd be really awesome because again, and and I've told you this, I'm saving all the money for marketing. We've we've, we've taken no profit out of this. It's all going to go because we just want to get people moving. So if you haven't got the book, get it. You get that gold course. If you have got the book, if you can please put a review on Amazon. Um, more reviews gives it more credibility. That would be really helpful as well. And spread the word. So lastly, um, it's pretty much me. So thanks for your time. I'm going to be back. I am starting to think that I might change how I do this podcast. I'm starting to think I might be putting a lot more content out, maybe not so long. So I might make it more, more than a 10-15 kind of minute podcast, which I just chuck out quite a lot, not so consistent. It would be more than what we're doing now. You know, like, if we look at today's show, today's show is kind of four 10 minute segments when we look at it. Um, and uh, and I, I suppose when I do interviews, it's different, but maybe maybe I might start changing how I do it. I'm not sure. Let me know what you think. Anyway, if you want to email me, well, you can email bevanjames at gmail.com. <laughs> keep up the good work, keep being you, and keep being a bloody rock star. Anyway, I'll see you next time.